A consistent body care routine is a really important part of my self-care. I feel so much better when my skin is looking and feeling good. It's such a small thing that has a big impact on your overall day for your well-being. A consistent body care routine doesn't just promote healthy, glowing skin. It actually boosts our mental health, too. So give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven seaweed-infused skincare that provides results you can see and confidence that you can feel. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Butter is not your typical body butter. It transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple skin, and it's my absolute favorite. I use Osea's products religiously, and I have been for years. It really is the best out there. One of the best parts about the body butter is that it's non-greasy. I hate putting on body lotion and feeling slippery and sticky all day, but Osea's body butter absorbs right into your skin, leaving you feeling hydrated and ready to make the best of whatever is next on your agenda. And it's been shown to hydrate you for 72 hours after applying. Skin care is self-care, so this is a habit worth keeping all year round. With Osea, you will get clean, seaweed-infused products from a company with over 27 years of experience, making sure they are the safest for your skin and the planet. All of Osea's products are vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out with clean skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You guys, it's the last podcast episode of the year. Can you believe it? I I don't know. It's it's crazy how fast this year has just flown by. And I can't believe I'm sitting down to record the last episode of this podcast, which coincidentally is the 40th episode of the podcast as well. I'm, I'm blown away by the fact, number one, I'm blown away by the community created around this podcast. How many of you, so we have over half a million people listening every single month, and how many of you have really made this podcast uh, a weekly thing? Like this is part of your routine. So many of you write in Friday morning, it's podcast day. Um, you know, you go walk your dogs or you're with your baby or you commute to work and you're listening in every week, the same tuning in um, to connect. So Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. And then number two, I just have to say, I'm really kind of quite impressed (laughs) with myself for, um, for committing to such a big feat. Sitting down to record this podcast every week, it's a pretty big thing. It's a big commitment. It's not like I can go one week and say, oh, I don't, I don't feel like recording the podcast, even though some weeks have been more challenging than, other, than others. This has really become one of my, one of my favorite things. Actually, it's, <laughs> although I'm connecting with, with, you know, half a million people out there, it's become a quiet moment for me to sit down and, and drop in. So I'm grateful for you for providing me the space to sit here and do this every single week. When I recorded the very first podcast episode, so 40 weeks ago, I had a one-week-old baby. Leah Luna was just one week old. 
I was really nervous to record the podcast. I'd never done one of my own before in my life. And I was so structured about it. I was going to record the, the the birth story. So if you haven't heard the very first podcast episode and you want to hear how Lea Luna was born, it's quite intense. Uh, you can go listen in. But I I prepared so much. I, you know, I had a whole kind of red thread and some notes that I wanted to, you know, touch on. And I kind of decided how I wanted the story to go. I planned so much. I was prepared to edit things out. I started over. I was, you know, I wanted everything to be perfect. And then I, of course, that lasted for all of one week. And now (laughs) since then, I have come back to my very normal, um, kind of spontaneous and, and crazy, hectic, natural ways of just sitting down and recording what is what is present. So in the spirit of the podcast from the heart, so where am I right now in my life? What am I sitting with right now? What's manifesting in my life right now? And I have to share, this is so interesting. So about an hour and a half ago, I sat down and I started recording the podcast for this week and I was really on a roll. Like I recorded, I I was, I don't know, half 15 minutes in and I was on a roll. I was talking about my intentions and resolutions for the new year and da da da. And then I just glanced at my watch and I saw, oh shit, in one minute I have an astrology reading that I had completely forgotten about. Um, my ex-assistant, so an old friend, uh, set up an astrology reading with an astrologer who's really, uh, I'm going to say really, really, really like recognized and amazing. Her name is Deborah Silverman. Uh, and she just, my, my ex-assistant texted me and said, you know what? I, you, you had this podcast that you did with Trevor Hall. Trevor talked about her on the show and apparently a bunch of people went to get readings with her. She would love to gift you Uh, a reading of your chart if you're interested. And this was two days ago. And I was like, sure. I'm not super into astrology. I know very little about astrology. I've had never had my full chart like, you know, read before. My friend Ashley sometimes shares little snippets of uh, about me and my chart and, and stuff like that. But I know very little about astrology. So I was just really open-minded and I said, yeah. And then of course I forgot I had the appointment and then I sat down and I recorded the podcast. And then a minute before my appointment, I was like, oh shit. So I decided to hit pause on the podcast and I was like you know I'm just gonna pause because I wasn't a really good flow and I'll do the reading and then I'll go back and press play and keep recording but of course now Deborah blew my mind and my heart <laughs> wide open so there's no going back to what I had recorded before I'm starting fresh because I'm in a totally different mindset right now wow 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 um anyone out there I mean I think this is specifically in the yoga community and kind of this line of work that I am in, uh, you know, you, we talk about astrology a lot. And as I said, I don't know much. I'm a Libra. It's my sun sign. And uh, I, I, I'm not really invested, I would say. I'm not really invested. It's not like I don't believe in astrology or anything like that. I'm just not as invested as other people in the community are. And I never had this big, giant reading before. And I just, I have to say, my my, I don't know, I'm just sitting here smiling right now because of how on point everything she told me was. Kind of mind-blowing. And of course, you know, you can, for anyone who's skeptic out there, of course, I am a very Googleable person. Anyone can head over to my social media accounts and find out a lot of stuff about me. Um, but just what she shared with me was nothing like that. Like it was really, um, so how it works is basically from, you know, you share the moment you were born. So not just the, the day and the and the year, but the actual down to the minute and location of where you're born. So depending on how the stars and the planets uh, are aligned, uh, it sets up your your character your character, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Your characteristics as a person. It sets up your destiny, kind of where you come from and where you're going to. And uh, and it's I, I'm blown away by how correct all of this was. So what I really really focus on in the reading is things I should be working on in the new year, I guess, my for my personality, like what are my challenges? What are my big challenges? And how can I how can I make space for what I need in my life? And it's really interesting that I had that reading today. I'm recording the podcast about ending the year today. And for me, when I when I set intentions for the new year, so first off, I don't love the word resolution. I don't know why. I just it doesn't really resonate with me. I always go for intentions because I'm I'm used to setting intentions when I teach, for when I practice. It's it's um it has a little bit more of a sacred sacred feel to me. But what I like to do instead of just kind of on a whim deciding, okay, well, what do I want for the new year? It's a new chapter, new beginning, new year. Uh, I like to look back at the year past. So 2017, the year past. What have been my big challenges? You know, and what challenges am I sitting with right now? So where is there space for me to heal? Maybe some wounds? Where is there space for me to improve, to evolve, to grow and to learn? And I use those challenges from the past year to create my intentions for the new. And I would love to invite, you know, everyone listening right now, if you could just maybe hit pause on this podcast right now, go grab yourself a notebook and a pen if you have it available, um, unless you're driving a car, of course, in which case just stay tuned and listen and continue listening as you are. Don't text and drive or don't, don't, don't journal your intentions and drive, I should say. Uh, but you can always loop back up to this later and just find a notebook and a pen. If you don't have a notebook, you can use your phone. And this is, a, I think, a really important piece. We use our phones so forking much. I mean, is there a moment in your day where you don't have your phone right next to you or in your hand? We're always on our phones all the time. I am deep in the practice of trying to make my phone or keep my phone as sacred as possible because I spend so much time with it, working, social media, connecting with my friends, all this stuff. Um, I, I really, really, really try to make a point to only connecting with my phone in a way that's uh, that's actually grounding and that helps me helps me stay present. And it's easy to get sucked into this, you know, endless scrolling on Instagram and and left and right comments from people that you don't even care about or, you know, to get sucked into things that maybe aren't as mindful. So what I love to do is I have on my very first screen, you know, the when you open the home screen, I guess it's called on the iPhone, when you press the button and it opens, there's nothing there. Um, I put all my apps on the next page. So whenever I open my phone, there's just nothing. I put a beautiful picture of the baby. I have a little lotus flower on there now. Um, so I don't have to open my phone and in there is everything right away bombarding me. There's just nothing so that I can mindfully decide where am I going in my phone, right? Am I just pulling up my phone because I'm bored? I'm not present. I'm not paying attention to what's happening uh, in the moment, or am I consciously doing something like I'm going to post something on Instagram, or I'm going to call someone, or I'm going to text someone, or I'm going to check my email. I want it to be a conscious decision. So, so I don't just sit there scrolling through everything because there's a lot good that happens on our phone at any given moment. Um, and then the first app that I have at the top left corner is my notes app. Um, if you're not using your notes app, I highly suggest you start. Um, it's just, I, I don't always have my notebook with me. And it's, of course, it's a much more um, present thing to have a notebook and a pen and sit and journal uh, every day. It's a really important practice to keep, but we don't always have our notebook. And I don't like to use that as an excuse to not write down my thoughts or epiphanies or challenges or you know anything that comes my way. 
So I use the notes app. I have thousands of notes in there. Whenever I have a realization of any kind or, you know, anything profound comes my way, I write it in the notes app. And it really helps to create this. It helps make my phone a more integrated part. (laughs) And also not just my day-to-day work life and social media and stuff like that, but also um, it can be part of a spiritual practice if you use it the right way. So what I'm getting at is if you don't have a notebook, use your notes app. And throughout this podcast, anything that resonates with you that you want to use for your own spiritual practice or your own practice of setting intentions for the new year, write it down. Okay. It's a really important thing. I'm going to be journaling as I record because that's how, it's how we arrive, at least for me, that's how I arrive at my most important points is by sharing them. So recording this podcast has also interestingly um, become this very sacred, sacred part of my life. So I have my notebook right here. I know already sort of what, you know, of course I know in the major way what things I have that I want to work on for the next year and that I really want to make space for. But then this astrology reading I just had helped me, helped bring me so much clarity. So let me start at the beginning. Um, One of the things that I really, (laughs) and I'm always struggling with, I guess it's it's part of my day-to-day struggle is I have a really hard time slowing down. And anyone who knows me, anyone, my friends and family, I mean, I'm sure you guys can see this from social media and from afar as well. I do a lot of things. I have a lot of, you know, things going on at the same time. I run a lot of businesses. We have a lot of employees. I have a lot of initiatives and I'm always busy. I'm always doing things. I'm always going places. I'm always doing, 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 doing. And my challenge is to slow down. And I know this for a fact, of course, but because I know I should be slowing down, like I have this little thing at the back of my mind, oh my God, I should relax more. I should stop working. I should, I should, I should. It kind of has made me feel a little bit guilty about always moving so quickly. Um, Do you know what I mean? If you have someone always tell you like, oh my God, you should really be relaxing. I should be meditating more. I should be quiet more. I should be making space uh, to be still, but it's really hard for me. Um, and I always find myself in movement all the time. So whenever I hear that little voice of like, oh my God, relax, it makes me guilty. And then I feel like, wow, I should get better at relaxing. (laughs) And then relaxing and taking time to be still becomes another thing I should do. So I add it to my to-do list. Can you believe it? Um, and now during the holidays, my mom is here. Two of my sisters are here. And of course, Dennis and the baby, and uh, we've had a really beautiful Christmas. Just, it's been so nice. We've just been home. We haven't had all these major things to do. Uh, and then I'm realizing for me, just being home, you know, it still means like I'm teaching a bunch of times a week. I'm recording the podcast. I'm still uploading to social media, still doing my emails. Like I think my version of relaxing is probably a normal person's day-to-day life. I don't know. Um, and then we just built a pool at the house and this is just absolutely crazy that this is happening right now. I've had the dream to build a pool at the house um, since we moved in, which is four years ago. We have this big, big, big backyard, but nothing grows. It's just a patch of dirt. Like there's nothing there. Uh, We live on the desert side of Aruba. So there's only rocks and cacti and aloe vera. And like, there's just everything that grows can kind of hurt you. It's, it's big patch of dirt. And I had this dream to put in a pool and, you know, of course it's really expensive and then we never had time or we never had the money and money had to go somewhere else. And then this year I had this epiphany that, okay, I'm working, 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 working. I never take the time to reward myself ever. You know, there's never like a 
just for the family, something that I want to create for us. We, you know, I always put anything I make, I put it back into the company or we invest it somehow to for growth or or it's spent. You know, we have loans and things we're paying off. Like, you know, we don't have a savings account at all. Um, and I work really hard, but I never have like a reward at the end of the day. Um, and I'm just used to living like that. But I had that epiphany this year. I was like, wow, maybe maybe it's time that I do something just for me. Like for me, what do I want um, at the end of the year just to feel like oh, all of this work, it's, it's providing me with something like a space to relax, a space to be to enhance the quality time that we spend at home with the family. And of course, the pool is like the number one big thing. It's always in the back of my mind. So I decided to go for it. <laughs> and Dennis is uh, the voice of reason in the family. He always says no to everything. Of course, his, his response was, no, you're crazy. That's too much. We can't do that. No. And then I just, I brought Tim, the pool guy, to the house. <laughs> and I said, Dennis, meet Tim. He's the pool guy. He's going to put in a pool. It's going to be done by Christmas. Um, so I took charge and now it finished Christmas morning or Christmas Eve morning, which is um, in Sweden is our Christmas morning. We celebrate on the 24th. We got to take the first dip in the pool, which is so beautiful. And it's totally changed how we live because we normally like we spend a lot of times indoors. It's really windy and it's so hot outside. So you can't really sit outside in the sun. But now that we have the pool, we can. Um, and then everyone was around the pool relaxing and I was running in and out kind of like I was preparing food and then I was taking out some drinks and then I realized one of the rooms was really messy and I started organizing it and I started cleaning some stuff out and then I decided, oh wait, we have to put this thing up on the wall in the baby's room. We forgot to put a lamp up. I need like the drill. And then my mom was saying, she's like, hey, you never sit down. Can you just sit still? <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. Okay. Yes, I should be relaxing. I should be relaxing. And then I sat down for a second and then I realized, oh wait, I have this book that I really want to read. <laughs> so I ran in and I got the book and then I found something else to do. And then the baby woke up and then, you know, all of this happens. Like this is just life. And my mom has been really telling me these, these days, like you need to slow down. You need to learn how to relax. And now that I had this reading just a moment ago, the first thing that Deborah says, she's like, wow, you are not meant to be still. Like, I bet it drives you crazy when people tell you to relax, when people tell you to slow down and stop. And I was like, yes, but I know I should, I should stop. I should relax. And she said, no, 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 no. You shouldn't do anything <laughs> other than what you're doing. Telling you to sit down and to stop and to relax, it's offensive because it's not part of your personality. It's not part of who you are. All you have is this fire and this drive and this discipline and this movement. So living with this idea that you should be still is totally contradicts everything you are and you need to drop that right away and when she said that I honestly I felt this weight kind of lift off of my shoulders I'm like oh my god what a relief <laughs> to not have to think that I always should be slowing down because it's not in my nature to slow down at all and it was like a really nice confirmation just to hear that okay maybe I don't have to fight this nature of mine which is to move to be fiery, to do things, to get things going, to get things moving. And, and it, it, that's, I think that's why I'm really happy right now. So maybe I've been trying to kind of fight this, my own nature by trying to slow down when it's not who I am. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals. 
What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks. So just imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation so you can get prepped and confident for real-world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content, and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. And then what she said, which was also really good, she says, of course, you know, everyone needs to replenish themselves and to make space for healing and to relax and all those things. It's important to make space for that in your life. But when it comes to a person who is has movement and fire as part of their nature, it doesn't just happen. She says, you need to first move, do, organize, work, get things done, go, you know, practice yoga, get moving, go swim, go run, do something, be active. And then relaxation will follow. She's like, aren't you like the type of person who you love having a really long, hard day's work and then you sit down and you have a glass of wine? And I'm like, yes, that's, that's totally me. That's like, that's everything, everything. But I always have this idea that I shouldn't have that glass of wine at the end of the day because, you know, I shouldn't be drinking wine. And she said, what? It's beautiful. It's perfect. That's how you relax. That's a natural way for you to wind down at the end of the day. Like, and it needs to happen after the movement. So you can't just wake up in the morning and now you're on vacation because it's Christmas and you just do nothing. No, you need to have that movement first. And then you enjoy a glass of wine or you go float in the pool or you go, you know, and practice yoga. You do something calm, meditate, but it has to be, you know, it has to follow something really intense. And I love this. I love this. I feel like I just, that just allowed me permission (laughs) to keep moving because it's totally in my nature. So How this is helping me now narrow my resolutions down or narrow my intentions down is I have it at the very top of my list. It says, (laughs) it says receive. Can you guys, do you resonate with that word receive? So instead of slow down, relax, stop, it says receive. And that phrasing, it's just, it's totally, totally, totally different. So what I want to make space for next year is much more receiving because I do a lot of giving, a lot of doing, I have much more space for receiving, which might mean getting a massage. It might mean, yeah, making space for more meditation in my life. It might mean, um, yeah, making space for alone time with Dennis, for us to go out to eat and just be a couple. But the idea of receiving, such as sitting back and maybe letting other people um, provide me with, with what I need. I'm really bad at that. And that's what I want to make space for next year, because I think it would help replenish, replenish me in a, 
in a really deep way, but without this idea that I have to stop or be different than I am. Is that resonating with you? It's really resonating with me because the idea of stopping, the idea of slowing down, it doesn't resonate with me because I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. But the idea of receiving after having worked really hard, that I can do, you know, that, that, that totally, totally makes sense. So I'm writing down now, okay, in my notebook, slow down, relax, and then I scratch it over and it says receive, receive. So what I'm going to make space for next year is really having that time um, to receive. And I think specifically to body work, astrology, holy shit, I want more of that. What else do I want more of in my life? Oh, I want alone time with my husband, like all the ways in which I feel like I'm replenished. I want to have that glass of wine at the end of the day and I want none of the guilt. So actually, guilt-free receiving. <laughs> that is at the top of my intention list. Guilt-free receiving. Who else has that little voice in the back of your head that tells you things should, you should be doing things differently? Or, you know, like I love my glass of wine at the end of the day. Does it not mean that I have like an alcohol problem? Does not mean that I'm an alcoholic? Does not mean that it's a bad, horrible thing. You know, I don't have it every single day, but when I do, I would like to enjoy that glass of wine all the way, like really immerse myself in my glass of wine and really enjoy the shit out of that wine without having any type of voice in the back of my head that tells me I should be drinking tea instead. Fork that. All in for the wine at the end of the day, guilt-free ways to receive. So part of that, you know, I look back at 2017. So I had a baby this year and part of what the, what Deborah was just telling me now, she said, you know, six to nine months ago, something major happened in your life, like major, 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 major. And I said, well, I had a baby, <laughs> totally changed the entire course of my life. And I can see what a, what a lesson she is for me, like really everything that I've had to learn this year. And a lot of that revolves around letting go of control around around slowing down when needed, you know, because I had the baby and I couldn't keep going at the pace that I was, that I was moving. And even the birth <laughs> was a total lesson. If you, if you, you know, loop back and listen to the birth story episode, total lesson in letting go of control, like total lesson of, of me not being in control. And, uh, actually what I had, what I had to do during labor as well, because I had this idea that I was going to have a, a perfect birth at home. Uh, I was going to be in the birth tub. It was going to be totally natural, no hospital, no doctors, nothing, just me, the midwife, and then as, and a doula, we had a doula. And that didn't happen. You know, I mean, we had the whole labor at home. We had 18 hours or I had 18 hours of laboring, listening to mantra music and burning Palo Santo and supported by Dennis and really peaceful and all of that. And then I came to a point where all I wanted was I wanted help. And I was trying to explain this to, to, to Deborah, the astrologer just now, she asked me to explain the birth and how, 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 how did it go? And she said, Oh, so you went to the hospital. Oh, so you had a C-section. I said, no, 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 I didn't have a C-section. Oh, so you had some drugs or oh, you had some, some pain relieving. And I said, no, 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 it was still the same. It was just the moment I arrived at the hospital, something changed. It was, I think the idea was that I was so intent and that I had to do all of this on my own. Like I was alone giving birth. It was just me. I am the only one who can do this. And then the moment we arrived at the hospital, I was like, okay, I could ask for help. And I let go of some of that control. And I really just asked for help. And without anything shifting in terms of drugs or C-section or anything like that, uh, I still had a natural labor, but I allowed myself to be supported, which I wasn't allowing at home because I felt like I had to do everything on my own. And that I'm realizing 
that's the lesson that Lea Luna, that was her first lesson to me as a mom, you know, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. And that is number two on my intentions list. I want to ask for more help. I'm going to write that down right now. Ask for help. So it's okay to ask for help. That's a huge lesson of mine, like a really big. And I, I look back at this year, that's something that I struggle with so much. There's something ingrained in me where, where I think asking for help, it's like failing at something. Like I have to do everything on my own. I have to do everything perfectly. And I'm the only one with the burden of everything. Like all of life hangs on me. If I don't do it myself, it's not going to happen. That's just, you know, number one, simply not true. <laughs> I'm surrounded by super capable, amazing people that can help and support me. Um, and as well, it just, it makes me feel really alone. It makes me feel really lonely. Um, if I'm the only one who can do everything, then everything is on my shoulders. I am ultimately responsible for whether or not the universe, you know, like the earth keeps on spinning. Like that's, that's not true. And it's a heavy burden to, to carry. So I can really see so many moments, especially moments of struggle, moments when I felt overwhelmed, moments when I felt, um, I, I had one moment this past year where I was, uh, I really felt like, okay, um, I'm going to burn out now. I have to just completely stop. I, I can't do this on my own anymore. And it was not at all related to what's happening in work. It was just me feeling like I didn't have the support that I needed, which wasn't true. And then I asked people around me, well, why aren't you here for me in this and that regard? The answer is always, well, we didn't think you wanted it. <laughs> Everyone thinks that I want to do everything by myself, which I do, but it's not what I need, right? I need help. I need more support. So it's not the fact that I don't have that support around me. It's the fact that I need to receive it. So again, it loops back to my number one thing, which is receive. I need to allow it, right? Ask for help. And then when help is provided, receive, like take the help in. So asking for help is a, is a, is a really big point on whether that's for help with the baby, which my husband does so beautifully. And I'm so, so, so grateful but help with, with anything. And I think so many of us have that, we have that ingrained feeling like, okay, like it's failing asking for help. Well, where can I look in my life? Where can I look around and actually see uh, resources that maybe already are available? You know, maybe we're going through life with this struggle of not having enough space, not having enough time, not having enough money, not having enough resources to, to get by or to get support where we need it. But maybe it's already there. We're just not inviting it in. So that's definitely, definitely a really big thing. And then looking back at this year, so something that's a recurring theme in my life, and I don't know if this is just me or if you feel it too, I am so, so, so good <laughs> at focusing on what doesn't work like really good at focusing on what doesn't work. Um, it's kind of like my mind is this little troubleshooter. So I can enter any situation or I can enter the studio or, um, you know, wherever I am in life. And I just look for the flaws. So I look for what isn't working. So as an example, I, uh, I just taught a, a big class this morning here at Island Yoga. When I walk into the studio, I'm like, my, I'm like a hawk. So from the moment when I'm parking the car behind, behind the studio, it's really full. The parking lot is overflowing. I could barely turn my car around. And I know people getting in and out of this parking lot are going to have a really hard time. And then I see that we have like the Island Yoga 
car, like one of our trucks here, is parked in the back. And I'm like, why is the staff parking the car here when we have 54 people in class and it's packed and we need students to park here? So then I write it down like, okay, my God, parking situation, fix it. And then I realized, okay, wait, actually we need to make, you know, uh, little lines in the ground in the parking lot because we don't have designated squares. It's like a dirt road thing going here. It's, I mean, it's Aruba. If we did that, it would be much easier for people to park in a smarter way. We could fit more cars. And then I write that, write that, that, okay, wait, like we have to get these parking lines drawn in. And then I go inside into the cafe and the music, I feel is like a little low, like why isn't the music louder so that we have the ambience in the cafe? And then I see that there's like a chair out of place. And like, why isn't that put in the right thing? And then I see that they sold one of the paintings in the cafe, but they didn't replace it with another painting. So the wall looks off. You know, all of this happens in the span of like one minute. I'm realizing like, tick, 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 this needs fixing. Someone didn't water that plant. Someone didn't do that. You know, and and living life this way, I, as an entrepreneur, yes, it's a good thing. We want to look out for what needs to be improved, what needs to be fixed, what, where we can do better. Yes. But if we get stuck in that thinking, like if we get stuck in that mindset of, oh my God, everything is bad, like nothing works. Look at the parking spot and then look at that plant and then look at the chair and then look at the music and look at all, all this stuff. That's a really shitty mindset to keep. And it also, it's really hard to make good change, keeping that mindset. It's really hard to, to motivate people in a good way um, if you're angry about the stuff that doesn't work. So if I have another mindset, just parking my car here, if I would just focus on the fact that the parking lot is overflowing with cars because of how many people are going to come practice with me this morning. Like, how amazing is that? What a forking blessing to have so many people come to your class that the parking lot is overflowing. Like, the joy of that is unbelievable instead of focusing on the fact that people park their cars in stupid ways, right? And then walking into the cafe, like, wow, the fact that they turned on the music in the morning, like, and they chose like a really awesome playlist. Amazing. Amazing. The chairs are out of place because people are busy drinking coffee and they left and they didn't get a chance to put them back yet. Like we've sold paintings in the cafe. People are buying our art and that's why there's missing art on the wall. Like how beautiful is that? Like all of this stuff works. Like we have a business that works and runs and thrives holy shit, how amazing is all of that? So just talking about all these positives, like it elevates me completely. I can sense my vibration just goes way up. I start buzzing with energy of all the beautiful things that work, right? So I can keep that mindset of look at everything that flows and then still make a little note of the things where we need to improve. And then that's not a big deal. We'll just fix that. But I do have that big tendency of getting stuck in what doesn't work. And I think... Part of that, I mean, it, it, part of that is also why we are very successful because I am a perfectionist. I want things really amazing and, and to be awesome and great all the time. But it's also a struggle because I don't want to walk around reprimanding people. I don't want to be the type of boss that just tells everybody when they're doing things wrong. So I'm going to give a, another example here also that, it, that, that really ties in. So oh, over the weekend or over the, over the Christmas, uh, over the holidays, over Christmas, I had a class right before Christmas where afterwards we got, I I'm going to say our first, yeah, I mean, our first like bad review, like a bad review. <laughs> oh, just saying it, like speaking it out loud makes me like shudder a little bit. And so what happened is, okay, we have classes every day, several times a day at Island Yoga. 
when we pack the room in, like when the room is really busy, which we do for all of my classes, uh, we can fit 54 people in the room. We take 52 because we have a little space behind a pillar where we don't want to put anyone. So 52 is like my regular class size. And if I have friends or family joining in, sometimes we'll you know, max it out at 54 or maybe even 56. But 52 people is, is what we take. All my classes are the same always. All my retreats are the same. All my teacher trainings are, are the same. Everything I post through social media, you always see the room mat to mat full with people. And this is important too. This has very, you know, much less to do with revenue or money or maximizing profit at all, like at all. It has everything to do with wanting to make space for everyone who wants to come, right? There's a community that's built here with every single class and we have waiting lists for these classes and people come to Aruba maybe it's the one time in their lifetime that they'll come here and they really want to take this class and they're just you know wanting to have the experience and get really sad if they can't join in so I max my classes out because I want everybody to be able to come right Uh, I have no idea honestly and this is you know I'm really good at looking at the experience of the customer and clients when they come in and how we can make it really beautiful and perfect. I have no idea (laughs) what, you know, our revenue is for a class when I teach. Like the numbers and and money side, it's not what motivates me at all. It's a great thing if we can pay our bills at the end of the year. Hell yes, it's a great thing if we're thriving because we can do more awesome things. But I am not a money type person. And we try, I try at least me really hard to communicate. Like this is a packed class. It is what it is. Um, if you've never been in a room that's really full of people when you practice yoga, if you're used to practicing in a smaller class or when you have, you know, these really spacious rooms where you can float your arms out and people are really far away from you and you have this experience for the first time, it's going to be a, a shock. Like, it's going to be a totally different thing because it's sweaty and we're close together. We're out of our comfort zones. And I love that. Like those are my favorite, favorite, favorite classes. Um, When the mat doesn't have to be this structured little box we have to stay in all the time and not connect with anybody else. And no one should walk over my mat or come too close to me because I want to keep my space. You know, for me, that's not what yoga is about. It's about breaking that box. It's about getting out of that confined boundary of, you know, I'm just comfortable here. I'm just going to stay in this little space. And I like to, when I teach, uh, whenever we have a a pose or a transition where we reach our arms out to the side, if you ever accidentally touch someone, have you ever had that in class where you reach your arm out or a leg and there's a person there and we're like, oh no, God, I touched someone. Oh no. Instead of having that be accidental, like I tell people, make it intentional. So if you reach your arm out and there's a person, let your hand rest there for a second. Like maybe give their shoulder a little squeeze, say hello, nice to meet you. You know, we're we're in the same space practicing together. Like you already know you have a lot in common because you're both in this class, right? So why, why try to separate more when yoga is all about union? It's about yoking. It's about connecting. Um, so that's just the way I teach. Yeah. But anyway, so we had this woman who came to class who was really, really did not like the fact that we were that close together and she felt the room was too hot and she was really upset about the, about the class size. And she sent this really angry, angry email to the studio. And of course the studio girls forwarded to me. And, and then also she said that, uh, because at the end of class, I always say, I'm going to go out into the cafe, which we have a little cafe around the corner so we can clean the room. And out there, I ask, I answer questions and I hug people. And I, I do that after every single class. I'm out there drinking my coffee, talking to people. And, and if someone wants a photo or whatever, like I'm always there. And after this specific class, there was a lot of people in the hallway. So it took me a little while to get to the cafe, maybe five minutes to get to the cafe. And then she had already left. So she wrote in her email, she was one, so upset about the class size. And she was so upset about the room was hot. And then she was really upset because I wasn't in the cafe, like I said. And 
I got this email on Christmas Eve and I spent like a good chunk of Christmas thinking about this woman and how disappointed she was and how we could have made her experience better. I couldn't get it out of my head. It really, like, like I cried a little bit, <laughs> like I, because I, I'm very personal with, with everything I do. For me, this is not a, um, you know, I'm not some CEO sitting on top of a big corporation, like l- looking at a spreadsheet. Like this is my life. This is our family. Like everyone who works here, we're all family. We do this every day, day in, day out. We work really long hours. I spent so much time making this a beautiful, sacred, loving space. So when someone has a bad experience, like that kills me, kills me, kills me, kills me, because so much of our heart lies in this space. And, okay, this goes back to this, um, me getting stuck on what doesn't work, right? So I spent a big chunk of Christmas thinking about this woman. I wrote her back like a very genuine email that I was so sorry and explaining like this is, it's not about this, the, the, the room. It's not about how many people we put in the room. The room is always going to look the same. It always has, always will for as long as people want to practice with me. This is what it is. Uh, maybe what we can do a better job at is managing the expectations. So if you're looking for a small class or a class that's spacious enough that you can reach your arms out to the side and not touch anyone, etc., then you shouldn't come to my class. There's other classes, other teachers that have smaller classes that would be better you know suited for you so we can manage that but and I wrote all of that and and uh, yeah and then she wrote back and it was okay but I couldn't get it out of my head that we had this this unhappy person but then it hit me okay I'm spending so much time on this I could have just answered her and moved on because of course it's not a reflection of me as a person it's not a reflection of me as a teacher it's just she was unhappy there's that quote I like this a lot me and my friend Rose we send this quote back and forth to each other every time we have like a challenging thing or with a person um, oh, for the life of me, I cannot remember what is this woman's name. She is oh, the beautiful, sensual, feminine woman. Dita, Dita, is that her name? Wasn't she married to Marilyn Manson? Oh, fork. She's like a burlesque dancer, super beautiful. Okay, I'll loop back if I remember her name. She has a quote that goes, you can be the juiciest, most beautiful, delicious peach in the whole world. And there's always going to be people out there who don't like peaches. And I love that because, you know, we can pour our hearts and souls into something and do it as perfect as possible. And there's still going to be someone who doesn't vibe with what you do, like no matter how hard you try. So maybe we shouldn't try to please everybody and create this cookie cutter thing that works for everyone. No, because people are different. And I'm really trying to take that to heart because I did that. I, I looked at the statistics of the year and the people that we've had practicing with us, we've had almost 13,000 people at the studio in our first year of business practicing on a mat, like 13,000 people. That's totally crazy. Like totally, totally, totally crazy. So many people. And we've only had good reviews and we have people raving about the studio and people come back day in, day out, locals, people visiting, retreats, trainings. It's been so beautiful. So if we've had 12,999 good reviews, why am I focusing on the one that's bad? What is wrong with me? Why am I focusing on that? Why am I not, you know, looking at all these other people that love it? Why am I not focusing on the good and the compliments? What is wrong with me? (laughs) That's what I keep thinking. Like, what is wrong with me? Why am I wired that way? And the same goes with, and I get this commented a lot in my social media feed. If someone comments a really negative thing, I I answer a lot of the time, but uh, you know, I, I always do. And then people say, why do you answer this person and not the people that comment the good things? Well, I read all the comments. I appreciate them like crazy, but the ones that stick are the ones that are the negative ones. And I would rather live my life focusing only on the good. 
you know. So that is definitely going on my list for my intentions for next year because I know this is a struggle of mine. See the good. Focus on what already works. I'm writing that down as my number three on this list. Focus on what already works. So that the next time I find myself in one of those situations where like, oh my God, we get a bad review or someone is unhappy or something isn't good, you know, instead of drowning in despair or, you know, getting obsessed with that one person or caught up in whatever, whoever doesn't like you or whoever isn't vibing with what you do, like I can make a note of that and then immediately shift my attention back to everything that already works. So actually, after I had this this experience now, which is really good, I'm really grateful it happened now because it made me evaluate like how do I walk through life I don't want to be that person that just sits with the negative and I don't think fundamentally I am but when it comes to yeah specifically the studio and the experience people have here I think because we have so much intention poured into the studio I have a really hard time not taking it personally if someone isn't happy but focusing on the good. So what I did now is I asked for the statistics for the studio and how many people have we had practice. I've been sitting with our guest book. We have a guest book in the front of house in the in the boutique where people just write little comments and notes and about their experience. And it's so beautiful. I've been going to TripAdvisor and reading the reviews on TripAdvisor. I've been just looking at all the good and all the positives and all the feedback that we get from retreaters and trainees that have been good. And it's overwhelming. Like it's overwhelmingly so, 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 so beautiful. And this is a huge lesson for me and a huge practice that I think probably I'm going to have to keep reminding myself of again and again and again. So as you can tell, the reason I'm doing this, I'm not just, you know, for the intentions of the new year, I don't just pick this one thing. <laughs> at random like I can pick something at random um eat less sugar <laughs> sugar is always going to be my thing eat less sugar or quit sugar I'm not going to have any sugar for next year and then I could you know work on that for a little while and decide okay I'm going to eat more natural fruits and skip this and not eat chocolate and skip that uh, I, I don't remember exactly what the date is but I think it's like January 18th is the average day where most people have already abandoned their resolutions for the new year so for me instead of picking one material thing or one surface thing to work on I like to do this work like the deeper work of actually evaluating like what works what doesn't for me where can I make space for growth where can I make space for healing and what are my struggles because it's when I share in this way or when I journal in this way or when I do this work that I actually realize some fundamental things about who I am. And that's what I want to integrate for next year. So as I'm making this list, it's not like I'm going to, you know, every day look at my list and start checking off things. These big points, they're not really things that you just check off. I don't think I'm going to go December 31st of next year. Uh, focus on what already works. Check. <laughs> you know, but I'm hoping to embody that feeling throughout the year. And when I find myself in struggle that I can return to, okay, wait, what are my areas of growth? And if I find myself in one of those like really deep lows of like, oh, everything is so hard and I'm not so unhappy, maybe chances are pretty high that this is something I can come back to. Wait, when I am unhappy, why? And is it because I'm focusing on all the things that don't go my way? when actually I can change my awareness back to gratitude and see the gazillion things that already work, that are already beautiful. It's a really important practice to keep, especially for a privileged person like me. So yeah, number three on my list, focus on what already works. And then, you know, I, I can keep going for, for a really, really long time. Um, specifically when it comes to, I guess, 
I guess, you know, I don't want to say more superficial things because they are very important. Um, I just, I stay away from the idea of the idea of changing the body. I know this is a big thing and I see it all over the internet. I see it in articles and on social media, you know, new, new year's resolution, new year, new you. Let me just, okay. I'm going to cut straight to the point and say, fuck that shit. <laughs> no, no, none of that. New year, new you. Like you are good the way you are. You do not need to lose any weight. Let me just put that into the universe. If your new year's resolutions are surrounding you changing something about who you already are, like in that type of way, anything that reverts back to you not being good enough or you looking in the mirror, feeling unhappy or like you're not fit enough or not, you know, skinny enough. I would love for this podcast to be some sort of support for you to change that from that external superficial idea of looking at yourself in a mirror to doing the actual work of what happens in your heart, right? So the three things that I wrote down so far, and I, I, I can go on and on as well, but my number one thing is make, make space for guilt-free receiving. You know, this is a really, a really big thing for me that returns in my life again and again and again. I'm really bad at letting myself receive. I, I do and do and I give and give and I, I need that time to replenish, to heal, you know, for me as a human being to, to continue doing good things in life. Like I need to heal what needs healing. I need the space for silence as well. So maybe that involves like that guilt-free receiving. Maybe that involves some really specific things that I can do. Like I should take more baths, <laughs> get a massage. I should go to dinner with my husband. I should journal. I should meditate. X, 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 X. Those things are kind of, that's kind of what happens after the diagnosis, if that makes sense. That's the prescription. <laughs> Those are the actions that you take after figuring out what that fundamental thing is that you want to create space for. So I would love to encourage all of you right now to really get to the root of the change that you want to make, get to the root of, um, of why you want to set this resolution. So if you had something very body related, okay, let's go to that. As an example, you want to lose five pounds, right? If that's your thing, you want to, you want to lose weight. What's beneath that? Yeah. What's truly, truly, what's deeper than that? Do you want to lose five pounds because you want to be healthier? Then make that your intention. <laughs> Don't make your intention to lose five pounds. Make your intention to be a healthy person, right? Why do you want to be healthier? Because you want to have stamina. You want to be able to, to move and run and, and, and be active and play with your kids. Or uh, you want to run a marathon. You want to accomplish something that's been on your bucket list your whole life. Or you want to live a long life. You want to be pain-free. You want to be disease-free. You want to be healthy. Awesome. Like go be healthy. Don't get stuck on what the scale tells you at the end of the day. And then how can you attach those action things to being a healthy person? And for me, being a healthy person really starts with how I look at myself, right? How am I talking to myself? Am I kind and loving toward myself? Or am I looking at myself in the mirror saying, oh, those five pounds gotta go? Like, you know, no. So what's beneath, right? Or do you have another reason you want to lose five pounds because of what? Because you don't think that you're beautiful enough with, with your body the way you are? Well, there's something deeper than that. I, I Trust me, trust me. If you want to lose five pounds because you don't think that you're good enough, then what you need is not weight loss. You need love, self-love, self-love, loving kindness all the way. 
What you need is not a diet. It's not a, an exercise regime. You need loving kindness. And how can you make space for that in 2018? How can you love on yourself more? And maybe as a result of providing more loving kindness for yourself, maybe you'll lose a little weight, maybe more, you'll be a little healthier at the end of the day. Maybe not. Maybe you'll, maybe loving kindness for you means gaining weight, right? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. These little superficial things that we attach, right? That what the scale says or what the mirror says or what the size of your jeans are, that does not matter, right? It's how you feel about who you are at the end of the day. How much love can you pour your own way? And for me, when I'm in that practice of self-love, that's when I can actually look at these, these things that I'm talking about right now. For me, asking for help, second on my list, providing loving kindness for myself is asking for help. So I kind of want to, hmm, let's see if, we, if this is possible. If you have your things and you're writing them down, I'm going to add one more, uh, one more to my list. So as of now, I have make space for guilt-free receiving. Number one, ask for help. I want to ask for more help next year. Number two, focus on what already works. Number three, can you see how this is not really looking as a, at a, as a New Year's resolution? It's kind of looking as a recipe for life. <laughs> it's like a little genius list that I have going that I know I can apply anytime, anywhere, and it's going to help increase my level of well-being and peace. Like, And that's what this is all about. Um, if I'm going to get specific, so, okay, yes, Deborah, the astrologer also touched on, um, she said, I'm entering a really intense, <laughs> intense part, place in my career where things are ac accelerating and next year is going to be totally crazy in a really positive way. And what I need to focus on is making sure that I stay really healthy and take really good care of myself. And if I don't, it's going to manifest in my body somehow. So maybe through back pain, which I get through sometimes, maybe with some sort of disease, so for me, going back to this place of being really, really healthy, right? And I'm going to add that as a number four. Take care of my body. Take care of my body. And whether that's through diet, whether that is through scaling back on my sugar consumption, whether that's through anything else, you know, but taking care of my body. How are you taking care of your body next year? So if your resolutions or your intentions are surrounding that, you know, body stuff, diet stuff, weight stuff, get to the root of what you're actually looking for to create for yourself. Because trust me, it's bigger than the scale or the number on a scale. It's, it's, it's much, much deeper than that. And I would love for this next new year to be a place for us all to come together and do epic shit for the world. And I'm going to add that as my number five. Number five, be of service. Be of service. So as I enter into next year, I have these four things up top to help take care of myself, to make space for what I need in a new year. But number five, be of service. So how can I use all of that to create a really whole and healthy place in myself where I can take my own abundance and give it away, where I can take my own strength and use it to be of service for the world, where I can look around me and see where can I help, where can I support, where can I help people that maybe aren't as privileged as I, where can I use my energy, my time, my money, whatever it is that I have to give, and we all have different qualities that we can provide for others. Where can I create and set the stage so that I'm okay, right? When I'm whole, I can give. If I'm not whole, I'm going to spend my whole life looking at what's lacking, looking at what I need more for myself. I need more for me, 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 so I can be full and whole. But if I'm already whole, I have enough to give away. 
So if I can set any collective intention for us all, like you're writing your own list, you're going to have your own things up top. It doesn't matter if you have five things or 50 things, although keeping it to, I think, less than 10 will make it easier to connect back to throughout the year. I would love if we all shared that one thing of being of service. So whether that's, hmm, it's going to be really individual to you, but whether that's looking at your family, your friends, how can you support people that are in need, that are in your immediate surroundings, or is it looking at the global scale of the world of how can I use my own strengths, my own abilities to help be of service for the world? And trust me, you'll find it. Yeah. So sit with this now, okay? This is the podcast we've just begun. We've All of us have just begun. I'll be sitting with this. I have my page that I've written down. I'm going to sit with this further and refine it, okay? I have my five things. Number one, make space for guilt-free receiving. Number two, ask for help. Number three, focus on what already works. Number four, take care of my body. And number five, be of service. I'm going to sit with this. I'm going to roll out my mat tonight at sunset. So do it, you know, yourself wherever you are, whenever you have the space, turn your phone off. If you wrote this on your phone app, make sure you transfer them into actual writing. So sit with your phone, write it down, and then journal on it until you've really defined what you want to manifest of the next year, what it is you're looking to let go of, what you're looking to change and create. What do you want 2018 to embody for you? Sit with this, write it out, make it really, really, really beautiful and have it on a one page, one piece of paper. So you can doodle on it, put little stickers on it, little stars, just make it really beautiful. And then fold it up and throughout the New Year's celebration, keep it in your bra or in your pocket or somewhere on your person, in your purse, wherever. Make sure you keep it with you. Um, every New Year's, actually at 12 o'clock, I always bring like a little pouch where we normally go to the beach here in Aruba and we watch the fireworks and we celebrate. This year we have a little baby, so no 12 o'clock beach time, but I'll probably be outside in the garden somewhere. I bring a pouch. I bring always at least one little crystal, um, something of meaning. I'll, I'll bring a bracelet from my best friend who passed away. I always carry with me a um, little bit of Palo Santo or something, something that's meaningful to you. Yeah, like a little sacred moment. So you can take a minute to create a little mini altar wherever you are, just to sit down, look at the sky, have your intentions with you, keep them really close to your heart and breathe with the sky. Yeah, just inhale, exhale, focus on what you want to embody for the next year, what you're looking to create. And then send these intentions out into the universe fully, 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 deeply connect, root down to the earth, look up at the sky. And this can be any time, you know, like, like I'll, I'll do it normally around 12, I mean, 1130. So a little bit before so that I can spend exactly the 12 o'clock kissing my husband and toasting in champagne and all that stuff. But about 30 minutes before I'll sit down in silence because this is a really sacred practice. And then when you wake up the next day, revisit really revisit, open up. And there are going to be action steps tied to these intentions that you're going to want to take throughout the year. It's not just writing your intentions down because these are big, abstract things. They should be big things. They shouldn't be just little specifics only. They should be big because they're big and they're meaningful to you. But then to each one, maybe all you have is one thing. If you have one thing, trust me, that's going to be a powerful thing as well. How can you attach action steps to these little pieces of intention so that you can actively make them happen. So for me, I mean, being of service, like that's a really, really good one. How can you actually be of service? Look around you, see where in your own community is there space for you to apply what you have to give, right? 
for me, making space for guilt-free receiving, like be action step to that. I'm going to start immediately now asking the universe to provide me with help for that. So whether it's, I need a body worker in my life, a hundred percent. I need a body worker living in Aruba, like a great, amazingly awesome person where I can once a week or once a month or however much space I have time for, just lie on a table and have my body worked on. Like I need that. I can take steps to actually arrive at an action there so that I can have that happen for me once a week. I want to carve out time for me and Dennis to have date night once a week. We've totally lost that. We need a babysitter now. We don't have one. I'm going to start calling people and see if we can find a great babysitter so that we can have once a week just a night to ourselves where we can receive and just be husband and wife. Like that's an action step attached to that first intention of mine, right? So before you get into all those details, make sure you get this part right. And it's always going to be related to your heart. You know you'll have the right intentions when your heart tells you yes, 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 yes. And then sit with that. And then when the clock strikes 12, you know, deeply connect, take a breath in and out and recognize your absolute place in this world. You know, if it wasn't for you, nothing would be the same. And the fact that you are here doing this work, that you're making this new transition into the new year about something deeper than losing five pounds. You know, you're actually making a change in the world by becoming your best version of yourself, by providing yourself with all of that loving kindness, which is what, at least for me, what this next year is going to be about. So on that note, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for, for your presence, for all your loving kindness, really, for all the, trust me, Everyone that's pouring love my way, I am deeply, deeply, deeply dedicated to spending this time and the next year into looking and focusing on that, on the love that's present, the beauty that's here, focusing on all the good that's here in the world. And then together next year, you know, damn it, I think we're going to make a change. I'm so excited to share what's in store. So happy new year. I love you guys. I'll see you next week and next year. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and the last episode of the year. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Huge thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work and for a great year. I'll see everyone in 2018. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.